Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, we leave the confines of Newark and take a look at some of the stories that didn't quite make the national headlines over the last few days. But, as it's Wednesday, Not Fast Dave's going to join us for the Yellow Army Roundup. And we talk to Rob Allgill from day three of the Gordon Wellborn Week. Welcome to the renowned Radio Newark Sport. We may be going out of Newark, but we're going to start with the local headlines. And Carl Greaves as the English light heavyweight champion in his ranks. Dex Spellman winning the title in front of his hometown supporters at Scunthorpe on Friday night. As predicted on this show, Jamie Lloyd won the supporters' trophy at FlowServe's presentation evening. The players' award going to the captain, Tom Potts, and the manager's award going to the goalkeeper, Joe Searson. So I think the supporters' one is the most important, which makes Jamie the best player in Newark. But there again, we all knew that. Will Britton will be the Newark Rugby Club captain for a second consecutive season. His team start their campaign at Ashfield on September the 14th, but must wait until the 28th before their first home league match when Colville visit Kellam Road. Mikey Lindsay followed his young stable mate in winning the gold medal at the East Midlands Boxing Club event at Grantham over the weekend. And our open water swimmer, Louise Orgill, finished third in round two of the National Open Water Swimming Competition held at the Wickham Lakes in Scarborough. 5k distance in water temperatures of just under 15 degrees, and apparently she enjoyed it. How? Tom Marshall finished an excellent sixth place overall at the Southwold Sprint Triathlon. And Dave Sharp bought his stock car home in ninth place at the big event at Stoke over the weekend. And finally in round three of the Midlands Mountain Bike Cross Country Series, Vanessa Holmes was second in the elite women's race. And once again, Tony, um, a bit like last night when we talked about the youngsters, it's all really good news again, isn't it? Um, Dex Spellman has been with Carl Greaves for an awful long time. Uh, Scunthorpe lad, but he's, he's a Carl Greaves boxer and uh, he's now the British, um, the English light heavyweight. Did you see uh, on Facebook the scenes at the uh, Scunthorpe event? Yes, we always say that Newark gets behind um, Newark sports people. Give credit to the Scunthorpe sports um, that was, people. They got behind <laughs> deck, didn't they? <laughs> when, the, when the guy on the microphone said, and the new, wow. Yeah, they... Um, that was awesome. They really got behind him. I was pleased that um, the rugby club of... Um, Chosen Will Britton again to yeah, um, be yeah. captain. I thought he had an excellent first season for yeah. one so young. We always thought he was the youngest rugby club captain. So <laughs> was put right by Mr. Swain, but um, I thought he had an excellent first season and he should be given the opportunity to build on that. And, and they have done because the rugby club has ever do everything in the correct way. And um, I'll let you talk about the Flow Surf presentation evening. So pleased that Jamie Roy um, won that one. I knew he would. 
Um, but he did. Tom Potts won the match. He's going to the, to the goalkeeper. Yeah, it was, it was a good night, wasn't it? Um, it was, um, um, I, I, I was very surprised, um, to learn that, um, we were wall-to-wall Liverpool fans on the, on the night, but it, uh, no. <laughs> it appeared to be a good choice. I was neutral. No, it's just, um, <clears throat> I, I, I never realised that, uh, Anthony Shermer, the um, beloved trigger of this parish, was a Liverpool fan, but uh, is the right guy to be on the decks that night, wasn't it? Yeah, I suppose he was, really. <laughs> um, if you go onto our social media sites, there are reports on Tom Marshall's sixth place. On Stock Car Dave coming over not coming home ninth at Stoke. Um, there's a cycling report as ever on there, and um, the World Britain report as well. So go onto our social media, onto Facebook, Radio Nook, and you can see the full reports and the full stories. Now, by way of a change tonight, and uh, it may work and it may not work, we're going <laughs> to... I always get some... It's got to be better than making phone calls. <laughs> well, that's this week, yeah. <laughs> I always get some stories that don't quite make the top layer of the um, national headlines... And they tend to just go by the wayside a little bit. And I think um, the talk about some of them are funny, some of them are by nature of what we do, sad. And others, I'm sure you can have a go at the FA about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with probably the saddest of the lot, to be quite honest. And that's an, in a quiet churchyard in rural Northern Ireland, life three graves bearing one name, Dunlop. Joey, Robert and William buried next to each other by the same minister, all killed on two wheels, pursuing the sport that made them and then broke them. Yeah. It's more than 40... In, for more than 40 years, two sets of brothers have dominated the dangerous, thrilling and brilliant world of motorcycle road racing. First came Joey and Robert, then Robert's two sons, William and Michael, who actually races on. Less than a year since his older brother, William, was killed in a race just outside Dublin, Michael Dunlop is back on the roads of Northern Ireland and the Isle of Man, hustling a £70,000 superbike at speeds of up to 200 miles an hour. Now, I'm, I've seen the TT on the television, I've, I've read about it, I've never really been a TT fan, but thinking about it, in these days of health and safety and everything, 200 miles an hour is on what is effectively a road. It is a normal road, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's in tomorrow's report that... Someone passed away on Monday on the either T in the TT races this year. Um, but three members of one family. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, we're all all things are geared up for health and safety these days, to the point of uh, stupidity. But the Ironman TT races. I mean, it's these deaths aren't a new thing, are they? You know, it's, it's been um, it's been taking lives for a long time as that event, and there's a lot of people from Newark go over there religiously on a regular basis to see the Ironman TT races. But um, you know, if you're on a, if you're on a racing circuit and you've got four wheels, then it's well documented how dangerous that is. If you're on basic roads and you're on two wheels. You know the uh, the uh, the outro isn't is, is is not a surprise, is it? You know, the should it be allowed to continue? I think it should be allowed to continue while people want to do it. Yeah. Um, should people allowed to be get should people be allowed to get into a boxing ring and have nights like Dex Spellman had 
in front of his home crowd at Scunthorpe. Not really because you could get badly hurt, but you could never take that night away from Dex, Spell Dex Spellman. He will remember that for the rest of his life. Because a lot of people get out of boxing rings in boxes. The same as you couldn't take the good days away from the Dunlop yeah, exactly. family. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of people will uh, visit the, 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 that graveside with a tremendous amount of respect, and quite rightly. Ryan Ansell is a name that you won't know. He is a referee in the Birmingham League. But he failed to report three yellow cards he had issued <laughs> in a football match. I think you that Saturday night, didn't you? <laughs> he says the reason he forgot it, and he says, I forgot, I work 60 hours a week, I've got a family, I literally forgot to send them in. This week, a letter we received from the Birmingham County FA informing him of a 154-day ban and issuing him with a £55 fine. I was a bit shocked. It's not just from refing, he says. It's from all football. I can't even go and play in a Sunday League team in Tamworth that I'm registered with. So he can't even go and play. The Birmingham FA said the responsibility to report all incidents during matches is an imperative which helps protect players and referees and bans players for their actions, he added. Ryan's suspension is per FA guidelines and based on the severity of the case. But Mr Ansell said he would quit refereeing. I've known players to get less for violent conduct and for hitting referees. <laughs> I don't need it. I do it because I enjoy it. But I could be spending the whole day with my girlfriend. Where do you stand? Well, I've never met her, so... <laughs> <laughs> OK. But, no, I mean, um, if you're going to be a referee, then, you know, <laughs> good luck anyway. But, you know, having, having to work 60 hours a week uh, is no excuse, is it? I mean, uh, I work just over four hours a week as a lollipop man, and I forget things all the time. You know, you, you, can't, you can't blame the pressure of work, I don't think. I mean... But if, if, if you're a referee and you book somebody, come on. You know, it's, that's that's not pressure work, that's just being stupid. I mean, he made three bookings, and prop, the, who knows what was booking for? It's taking your shirt off, handball, a bad tackle. We don't know what the bookings was for. And he, he did wrong, he forgot to send them in. Fair comment. Now, we don't know if this was the first time either. But let's assume it was, because nothing else has been said. 55 quid in 154 days is more than you get when you get sent <laughs> off. I mean, that's a six-month ban, isn't it, realistically? <laughs> you, don't, you do not get that for breaking somebody's leg or chasing a referee around a football field. No, but, I mean, if that's in the laws of the referee's punishments, then, you know, you have to go by the, uh, by the law, don't you? Because if, you're the, uh, if, if, if you are a member of the Football Association, common sense is never going to come into any of your decisions, so you've got to just go by what's in the book, and if that's in the book, then off you go. So all they've actually achieved, instead of just taking him to one side and saying, look, this is the importance of this, Ryan, you know, this is why you need to send him in, they've actually lost a referee. Well done. Yeah. That's I'll... clever. That's what you call man management. As far as I'm concerned, one referee less is not a bad thing in life. <laughs> but the problem <laughs> is, without them, you ain't got football. And, uh, you know, you can, we can argue, and I've, I've stood on the touchline on the odd occasion and passed an opinion. Mm. We all have. 
but without them, you're not going to have a touchline to stand on and pass an opinion because there's going to be no matches. I've, I've, I've heard it said many, many times that without a referee, you can't have a game of football. I've seen a lot of games of football that were impossible because of the referee. So mm, I've seen many more that was... I'm not with you on that one. I, I must admit, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick up for the referees on this one. I'm going to stick up for um, Ryan Ansel for doing it. And I'm, I'm going to... My opinion is that the... Birmingham County FA would have been a lot better by putting an arm around him and saying, right, let's try and get this right. Uh, Instead of uh-uh. doing that. Because th- that moves me on to this one. You've seen referees flash yellow cards all over throughout the football pyramid. You've seen it on a Saturday, you've seen it on match of the day. So, a bit of homework on this one. A yellow card in Sunday League football results in a £10 fine. Whilst in non-league football, flow serve it results in a £10 fine. Players in the top two tiers of the non-league earning upwards of £500, it's a £10 fine. Actually, it's not a fine, actually. It's an, it's an administration fee. You don't get fined for being booked. You have to pay the £10 for the fact that somebody's got to log it at the county FA. Yeah. Um, now, the interesting bit. Um, yellow card in the Premier League is £10. <laughs> we've, inquired, uh, we've inquired about red card fines and been told it's a minimum of £35 depending on the county FAs, but red cards in the Premier League are based on players' wages. How's it work that one out? I really do not know. But what I'm saying is that a Sunday morning, Division 2, Newark Alliance football has got to pay an administration fee of £10 when he gets booked. And the England captain, if he got booked on a Saturday afternoon playing for Tottenham, has a £10 administration fee to pay. It can't be right, can it? It can't be. Uh, well, especially because you've got one lad who's paying subs to pay. Yeah. And you've got somebody else who's being paid a King's Ransom to play. But I'm quite sure that once you get beyond... Some... And Harry Kane won't pay his £10. No. I mean, once you get beyond Sunday morning League Division 2... You're not going to be paying your own fines, are you, anyway? I'm sure you're not. The the, the club will pay it. I'm sure you're not. You see, when I was in my day at Flowserve and at Newark Town, if you took one for the team, the club would pay for it. Fair comment. Yeah. Right. If you got booked for bad language a stupid challenge that was deemed, you know, reckless, whatever, you paid for it. And sometimes it was 50-50. But I would never, ever go down the dream of clubs paying for all fines because that just opens the door for players to act like complete idiots. Do you get pe- They've got to have a responsibility. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 you, if you take one for the team, then uh, fair dues, you know, then the, the club should pay for you but if uh if if if, if you commit a basic sam ago then uh, <laughs> you know you, 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 you should pay up for having a big gob shouldn't you you see i don't know if sam ago and i'm using sam by name if sam ago pays his own fines or exclusive pays his own fines i would suggest that if sam and others had to pay for the misdemeanors 
they may think twice about doing them so often. Especially as the lads from Yorkshire, I would have thought so, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, again, where I think football's getting it mm. just that little bit wrong. Because I'll do your rugby, I'll do your rugby one. We'll talk to Dave and then I'll, I'll do your rugby okay. one. Okay. But uh, just before Dave, the prospect of Gateshead being thrown out of the National League could have a knock-on effect right through to Step 5 level. Now, Gateshead find out at the weekend. They've now been taken over. And the new guys think that they have every right to stop in the National League. But at the moment, they haven't got a licence. If they get kicked out, Aldershot could yeah. remain in, yeah. in in the top division. While Truro City... So you, you're now talking that clubs from Newcastle to West Cornwall um, will stay in the National League South. And there's a knock-on to Truro as well. It's amazing how one club's fortune in the northeast of England can affect another club's fortune yeah, yeah. in in west of Cornwall. But the other point is, until Ju- June the eighth, they ain't going to know what division they're playing in. How can you get the players and build towards your season when you don't know what division you're in? Because there's an awful lot of players uh, are moving clubs because of geographical commitments I think you're right I know that there's a, a player has signed for flow serve from uh, a club that play at a higher level because he can't commit himself to the travelling that his original team would have to you know perform do we have a breaking news story here not at all i am the guy on the communications officer so well if you I, know that somebody's signed then you 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 are the communications officer it's gonna cause ruptures so, in the kremlin if i say are we, have we got an exclusive i think there's i think there's a bullet with ts on it if i say any more well and he calls himself the communications officer he's got an exclusive he works on this radio show <laughs> and he won't give it to us if i see it in that paper on thursday he's sacked <laughs> Okay, it's high time we move back into Newark to do what uh, we like doing the best and talk local sport. Um, not fast. Dave's waiting. He's not at the Gordon Wellborn Week tonight, um, so um, he's going to give us his not fast report from the comfort of his armchair. I think, Dave. That's exactly where I am. Mate. I saw <laughs> the I saw the clouds and I thought I didn't really fancy it much, so I am exactly sat in my armchair with a cup of tea. You've uh, <laughs> you've guessed that correctly. Um, yes, yeah, so the result over the last week we had. Um, 39 of our club members over three different park runs. A big one for Newark. It was the sixth uh, park, sixth, sixth anniversary of park run in Newark. So good turnout there. Good PB for Debbie Pickles at the park run. Uh, Kim Edrington Bait earlier in the week was at the uh, Lincoln Wellington 5K series. Now that's the first of a few races. She completed in 24 minutes and five. Um, moving into the weekend, quite a lot of different races. Uh, Hull. The eclectic city of Hull was a host to three of our members in the 10K. Cliff Robinson in 58.18, Kerry Robinson in 1 hour 4.45, and Damien Davis took on the half marathon in 1 hour 22.36. Henrietta McCabe took part in the Southwell Spring Triathlon, uh, sorry, Sprint Triathlon, not Spring. That's a 400 metre swim, followed by a 17.6 kilometre bike, and then a five-kilometre run. She crossed the finish line in one hour, 22.36. And we have two members in London for the Hyde Park 10K. Leanne Lawson and Sarah Ridley crossed the finish line together in one hour, 24.51. Diane Kennett was a little 
bit more local. She was in Clumber Park for the Clumber 10K Trail Race. She finished in one hour 10 on the nose. Uh, longer distance running, uh, Caroline Upton. She was at the Calderdale Way Ultra. That's 53 miles over 2,000 metre elevation. She completed that in 14 hours and 22 minutes. She was second in her age category. And I understand the legs are quite sore now. Um, but the main event was the uh, Woodall Spa 10K, just down the road. I had lots of members turn up, 27, in fact. Um, I'm not going to go through all um, 27 results. That would be crazy. Um, but some standouts, Janet Davis, she was a second lady in her age category. Uh, PBs, Andrew Rowland and Paul Swinburne got personal bests. And some course personal bests, Jim Lovett. Stuart Chase, Joanna Gray, Richard Borrell, Janet Davis, and Karen Borrell. So, um, yeah, some really, really good running uh, and lots of turnout, especially given the uh, quite humid weather on on Sunday. Um, And especially with people doing so much racing this week and coming into this weekend as well. Let's take you back to Calderdale for a minute. 53 Mm. miles. I mean, Yorkshire's not renowned for being flat. Um, was it 2,000 feet of elevate? I mean, it's... I, I just can't comprehend it, to be honest. It, yeah, it's it's 2,000 metres of elevation. Um, so convert that into feet, and that's... A long way. I, a long way. I don't really know the exact as well. 6,000? 6,000 feet? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be around that. So, yeah, yeah, quite a, quite a, um, a good run caroline there um, I think but she's used just... to doing these long distances she's one of our good ultra runners it's, um, it's an amazing distance it really is it really is and obviously we've got um gordon wellborn taking part uh, this week uh, third day with the um 10k to follow on friday and i think there's quite a few of our members taking part in the um it's called the van elnor uh, trail race in barkston it's the second year doing it i did it last year and it's actually quite a fun race it's um, a good scenic race, um, a good scenic local race. It's a, it, it, it's a, it, it's an heavy week, isn't it? Really, starting with that Woodall Spa ten k, which strikes me that two thirds of striders and not fast attended, um, right through the Gordon Wellborn, and then another one at the end of the week to clip onto that. It's going to one or two of you is going to have some. Uh, Sore legs at the end of this week. I think they are. I'm not going to have sore legs. It's pretty much armchair and... Uh, are you not venturing out on Friday for the 10k and the chips? I'm not venturing out on the Friday for the 10k and the chips. No, I'm... I'll be back running soon. I'm just not sure when. Right. Can you make sure that Ernie knows I'll have your chips then? <laughs> oh, I'll let him know. I'll send him a text. Good on you. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Lovely. Cheers, Talk mate. to you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Just before we went to the break, uh, the communications officer at New York Flowserve was telling us about some breaking football news of a major, major transfer. Well... I've wheedled out of him the fact that Greg Smith has gone back to Grantham Town. If you remember, Greg Smith was there centre forward a couple of years ago and then went on to the FA Vars winners at, at Brackley and then I think he ended up at... Kings Lynn and Spalding and almost every other club south of Grantham. Well, he becomes Grantham's eighth or ninth signing in the last ten days. Greg Smith, of course, is a Grantham boy, and um, how can I put it? 
is what you'd call an old-fashioned centre-forward. <laughs> Work the rest out for yourselves. But uh, the breaking football transfer news tonight is that Greg Smith has gone back to Grantham Town. And I tell you what, if you'd seen Tony's face when I played that fanfare, <laughs> it was well worth the admission fee. <laughs> right, I promised you a rugby story. We've had the football, a couple of football stories, yes. so I promised you a rugby story. <clears> and the <throat> Leicester's head coach, Gordon Murphy, I think that's how you pronounce it, Gordon spelled G-E-O-R, but anyway, um, has been suspended for three meaningful games for verbally uh, for verbal abuse of a match of, of a match official in the defeat at Bath. I saw this. He has also been fined one thousand five hundred pounds payable to a charity and must write a letter of apology to Sean Davey, the TMO, and all the Leicester players. Now that's how rugby do it. Yeah, uh, they, they they do it in a very adult way, don't they? Um, but again. As, as we've said before on this show, there's a massive difference between rugby union and, and football in terms of uh, maturity. And, and, and that's just not the actual competence, that's the officials as well. OK. I find rugby union things very refreshing after a season yeah, of football. I, I mean, just, you know, you just dissect what I said if I can ever find it again. Three meaningful games, so that takes out pre-season friendlies or anything yeah, like that, yeah. so that'll sound okay. Um, 1,500 quid, payable to a charity. Yeah. Very like nice. That. And he's got to write a letter of apology <laughs> to his own players. <laughs> I find it, you know, it's, it's more adult than I am. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's... If, if you're in a position to... Splash the cash, then you do you do so with impunity, don't you? It has no effect on you whatsoever. But if you've actually got to sit down and and, and you know pen a letter of, of remorse to your to, to your own players, to your own players, yeah, I mean that 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 really makes you think twice next time, doesn't it? I, I just um, let's go back to the to to fo- football. Um, let's go back to the signings. Have you got any more fanfares? <laughs> The Premier League payments for 2018-19, including advertising <laughs> rights, TV and placement prizes, yeah. have um, sort of been made public. Manchester City, the champions, one hundred and that's TV rights, placement, prize money, advertising, everything. That's for winning it. Newcastle, who finished 13th, 120 million. Fulham, who got relegated, abject failure, 101 million. Yeah. For failure. If you add the hundred million that Fulham's got, they're going to get over the next three years in parachute payments. Yeah, yeah. They've actually got more this season than Manchester City. <laughs> How the hell do you work that out? I don't understand football and finances at all. The total paid out by the Premier League to their twenty clubs in season two thousand eighteen nineteen. I'll say it again: for advertising rights, TV, and placement price, was a fraction under. 
£2.5 billion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was reading uh, today that uh, Liverpool's television fees alone this season were £126 million. You know... I mean, it's, far, it's just farcical. Don't you think as well, just another tangent, don't you think that Liverpool's European Cup win has been far more greatly celebrated by the footballing world than Manchester City's, inverted commas, treble? Um... This is not on my list. It just feels that way. I, I do. I feel that um, Manchester City have, rightly or wrongly, got a stigma that um, money can buy success. Yeah. Yet Klopp has also spent big. But, at, at but, Liverpool. But there doesn't seem to be a stigma, does there? But there doesn't seem to be the stigma, mm. and I don't really know why. I think people feel very sorry for Liverpool finishing on 97 points and not winning it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's partly... I think, I think it's partly down, what down it to is. character as well, because everybody, no matter... I'm sure this is the case. Everybody, no matter who you support, loves the rock and roll manager, managerial style. You see, I've, always, I've said for a long time that there are no... Characters, yeah, and Klopp. You haven't got yeah. the Brian Cloughs yeah. anymore yeah. Of, of of the game. Okay, you've got Neil Warnock, but Neil Warnock is a throwback yeah. to the Brian Cloughs. Jurgen Klopp is a character. Yeah, he's the one that will run on the pitch. Wrongly, I have to listen to yeah, it. Yeah, but he was but the one that will run on the pitch. He was the one that will cry when his team wins. He was the one that shows the emotion. Yeah, and yeah. More than anything else, a football supporter wants their players to show emotion. Why was me and Crantless others, and you for that matter, a Stuart Pearce fan? Yeah. Because yeah. he come on there, he didn't just kiss the badge. Yeah, yeah. We had all the fist pumping and all that sort of stuff, but he showed emotion. And Klopp does that. And I think Liverpool are vastly becoming everybody's second favourite team. If Nottingham Forest and their supporters had continued in the same vein that day that I've spoken about, when I went to, I was deciding which team to support round here, and went there, and Stuart Pearce came on at the city ground, pumped his fists at the, 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 the Trent end, and, you know... If that had continued right through the 90 minutes, I, I, I would be a Forest fan today. Mm. In, 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 you know, I'd be a converted Forest fan today. But, you know, it, it was like sort of, unfortunately that day, after 20 minutes of nothing, it became, you bloody rubbish, Forest. And then, you know, it just... If it had been Stuart Pearce, I'd I I I I don't understand what you're saying, but I I, but I think the Liverpool thing yeah. is, is 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 a lot on Klopp, and, and and I think the man that's the other man that's made himself this season is Sterling, because Sterling actually left the World Cup, yeah, by f not everybody's cup of tea by yeah. an awful long way, yeah. And it would have been easy for Sterling to throw a tantrum and go off and earn a fortune at Madrid or Barcelona and get out of this country. 
He's not only buckled down on the field, off the field, he's become an ambassador for all good things football. He seems to have grown up immensely over the last 12 months, and, and particularly... So, they're my... What I'm really trying to say is that Sterling and Klopp are my two... Yeah. But the, pluses of this season. The, 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 there was an excellent documentary between 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock on, on TalkSport last night about, about Sterling, and um, the stuff he's doing to take racism or he's leading the way at trying to take racism out of football and and the the, the way he speaks is, is just tremendous we, f we forget how, how young he is but uh, yeah Clark I just think getting back to Liverpool um, I think Man City have, have splashed an endless amount of cash and there's a lot of people very very jealous Liverpool yes have splashed their class but they, they, they sold Coutinho to buy the goalkeeper and the centre off. <laughs> yeah, it was in profit, but it's, it's just um, they seem to have done it on emotion mm. rather than done it in, in a business. But don't don't haven't Liverpool football club done everything on emotion since Shankly was there on the good days and the bad yeah. days? I mean, let's face it, the bad both. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, it's just but they do seem to manage. I was talking to a lad today that was on the cop for the last ever game. They played Norwich in the last ever game. He said he was scared stiff, absolutely scared stiff, because he says whatever they say was on the cop, there was probably twice as many in there. But it, it, it just had to be there. And I think when you see the cop, be a Liverpool fan or not a Liverpool fan, if you see the cop in full flow, yeah. it's one of the... What's the word? You're the you're expert. It's one of the iconic yeah, scenes yeah, of yeah. of football, isn't it? To see that end in full flow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it. It is just about Liverpool Football Club is about pure passion, whether it's uh, whether the emotions, elation, or despair, and and Klopp has bought into it in spades. It it, it it's actually a. Um, club that suits him down to the ground yeah, and it, yeah. it, it really is but then again they loved him just as much at Dortmund yeah look what he did for Dortmund he turned them into nobodies into champions yeah I so. mean it, it, anyway let's, it just, just let's, let's move on once proud Bangor City could be playing in the third tier of Welsh football next season which about is the equivalent to you know step four over step five over here um, after a 42 point deduction for yeah. fielding uh, players that they didn't quite sign on in time and failing to comply with financial regulations. The three times Welsh champions and Europa League regulars finished fourth in the second tier last season. A 42-point deduction. Bangor City have always confused me because there's a Bangor City in Northern Ireland, isn't there? There's yes. One, and, there's, and there's one in Wales. And, and it's always confused me which is which when the name comes up. But... The one thing that is overriding about that, apart from my lack of geographical skills, is 42 points. Come on! <laughs> That's <laughs> one hell of a... You might as well just take a gun in there and shoot them. Um, <laughs> what we've just said about jealousy between Liverpool and Manchester City, and a, lot, and a lot of football supporters are jealous that Man City have got shape, whoever it is, and thousands and millions and hundreds of millions... Did you realise, and I, I, I must admit I did know, there's no financial fair play in non-league football? Is there? No, none at all. Now, if <laughs> it, if you are Manchester City, um, you have to abide by financial fair play rules. There's only about Paris Saint-Germain that can do what they like. But there's, 
you have to abide by fair play rules and it's all about income coming in isn't it and this is why city are not going to be playing in europe by all accounts and yeah but it's all about keeping the books on a level but if you're a non-league team <laughs> I, if, like, I like the way this is going <laughs> if you're a non-league team you can buy a piece of land mark out the football pitch <laughs> find a football team enter step seven of the non-league <laughs> build a stand and some terraces win consecutive promotions and if you win seven of them you're in the football league and then you've got financial fair play someone will do it actually you could argue that somebody has to do it because forest green rovers are now in in the football league so you could argue that somebody has actually already done it it sounds very familiar um but i'm saying <laughs> you know if you can think if you can think of a team yeah without saying low fields you can think of a team out there that's <laughs> marked out a football pitch found a football team got consecutive promotions yeah and their own that team that you're alluding to and i'm not <laughs> are only four promotions below knots county and uh yeah that's scary well isn't it two promotions and two relegations and they play each other within three seasons yes <sighs> only unless the man that doesn't do financial fair play can send I, off. I, I i don't know what's gone off at baseford united it's a club that I didn't know anything about. It's a club that I thoroughly enjoyed being at in the final the season before last. But I didn't know anything about Baseford United before that. But I loved what the chairman said when they got Chesterfield in the FA Trophy. <laughs> you know, two years ago, you know, the, the, you just never would have dreamed about playing a game you know, on, on, on level terms. Baseford is owned, ran and looked after by a gentleman by the name of Chris Munro, who is a lovely, lovely man. He yeah. had his own company, he sold his own company, I, I believe he sold his own company, and he's invested in the club that he's been supported all his life. And I've been to Baseford United with the old Wernton Simpsons, and it was the worst ground in Nottinghamshire. It was Mill Lane, just around the corner from where they are now, and it was awful. What Chris Munro has done at Baseford United is where Gary Clark should be looking to and following that template at Flosa. Because if he follows what Chris Monroe has done, we're going to have a team that we can be very, very proud of yeah. in Newark. Hmm. There you go. Um, it's over 600 days since Ross McCormick last played for Aston Villa. Oh, is this guy who wouldn't climb over his wall? That's the one. <laughs> um, a week last Monday, saw when they won back promotion to the Premier Division, saw his wages go up to 70k a week. Um, which is brilliant work if you can get it. But he's actually now come to an agreement with Aston Villa to um, sever his contract. Yeah. So it'd be over two years since he's last kicked a ball in anger. In fact, he's been on loan to somewhere in Australia. They don't even play football properly in Australia. He's been on loan to Australia. And, and he's now, or he was, when that was written last week, on 70k a week. Yeah, it's... I mean, you know... I think, I think foot, one thing we've proved in the last 40 minutes is football's gone mad. Yeah, but I, 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 I think there's something more... Uh, to that story than just, you know, n not wanting to play the game. Because I saw something uh, last night about um, the Anthony Joshua fight where he may have had a panic attack in his dressing room 
before the fight. Oh, he's had he's had a panic attack. He's got he's had food poisoning. Um, he, his trainer got it wrong, and Joshua is turning around and saying, "No, I had a bad night." Uh, he got hit, and he never recovered from the one hit behind his ear. But uh, the, it, 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 I, I would happily jump on the bandwagon and say his performance on that night was a disgrace, absolute disgrace to boxing and to anybody who's ever been brave enough to get into that ring. Yeah, it was, it was shocking. But when I read that, then. Mm. That, that's on tomorrow's list so okay. let's come back to tomorrow but it ties in with Ross McCormack I'm sure there are mental health issues that go well beyond how important football is to everybody involved in that particular instance mm, we'll see let's go to your beloved Yorkshire for a couple of quick ones um, it's been reported that's in the, the only reason I go back in the, <laughs> Wait, in the Wakefield <laughs> Express that Evo stick side Osset United now, Osset United was... Osset Albion and Osset Town joined forces yeah. at the start of last season and um, went into the Evo stick. They've lost £60,000 in their first season and now there's a problem if they can continue. This is the worry about teams going higher in the pyramid when they ain't ready. Biting and that's not a dig at flow survey. Biting either. off more than they can chew. Yes. It costs a lot of money to go up to those sort of levels. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can have a pot of gold and it very quickly disappears when, uh, you know, you have to start dipping into it for various reasons. I've got one more rugby one for you, but before we go and try and find Rob Orgill, who's the most successful clubs in English football history? I.e. one point for one trophy, and I'm not counting the checker trade or the um milk cup or, or not the milk cup but the what was it the simod cup and all things like that league titles fa cups league cups champions league and other top european ones who do you think are the top clubs liverpool manchester united yeah they're both tied at 42 each um united's got two more league titles united's got more fa cups but as Liverpool tell you, they're stronger in Europe. 42 each. Arsenal are third <laughs> with 30. There's already a big gap, isn't they? Yeah. Chelsea are fourth with 24. That's surprising. Fifth place, Aston Villa. Of course, they've got a history, haven't they? Yeah. You have to go down to six before you find Manchester City with 19 trophies. Seventh is Tottenham. Eighth is Everton. Ninth is Newcastle. And they've won nothing for 50 years, yet they are still the ninth. Four league titles, six FA Cup and a European trophy. They won the first cup. That's the European trophy. Yeah, yeah. Tenth is Blackburn. Eleventh is yeah, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Black, Blackburn, you are talking his You are, you? yeah. Eleventh is Wolverhampton Wanderers. And twelfth, Nottingham Forest. Really? With one league title, two FA Cups, four League Cups, and I may have mentioned this on this show before now. When did the um, buses <laughs> start running in... Um... <laughs> if you go all the way down to 15th place... Yeah? You find dirty leads. I can't believe that. Three league titles, one FA Cup, 
one league championship and two European trophies, making a measly sum of seven trophies in the whole of what you call the history of Leeds United. Uh, they're down in 15? Yes. Have you got that league table the right way up? Yes. Okay. Hmm. 15th place. They're below Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday. Below Sunderland. Nobody's below Sunderland <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Let's see if we can find Rob Orgill. Back to local, and now I've got all the Sunderland fans on me back, all, all, <laughs> all four of them. Um, uh, back to local, back to uh, the one and only Mr. Rob Orgill. It's the Gordon Wellborn week. It's the week that he and his wife put together, and the new runners come out in force. We last spoke on Monday night when he got 120 runners. Um, Graham gave his report last night, but he didn't know how many runners. So, Rob, I need you to do last night and tonight for me, if you would, please. And good evening, yeah. by the way. Yeah, good evening. Um, yeah, we had 106 runners last night. We've got 120 odd tonight. Um, which is great. Um, and, um, interestingly, Tom Marshall didn't run last night. So, um, neither did Jan Bailey. And we, so Jeffrey Gregory is now overall in the lead. Not a name I know, Rob. So is he uh, a local well, he man? Was, he was just, yeah, he's uh, from, um, Elston. Um, runs for vegan runners. Um, and he's, uh, I say he's now in the lead of the series. Tom and Jan have been back today. Tom won tonight. Um, uh, uh, and Jeffrey was just uh, a couple of seconds behind him. But and Tom and Jan, Jan have, blo have both next. blown the hat, haven't they? That's yes, it. They've yeah, blown yeah, it. That's it. They're out now. <laughs> um, and then, then in the ladies' race, we've got two previous winners. Winners. We've got um, uh, 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 Alison Roberson, who won in 2002 and 2003. She won the ladies' trophy. She's come back. Um, so she's um, uh, uh, now leading the ladies' race, and we've also got Katie Simpson, who won two years ago, who's just a few seconds behind her. So things are hotting up. Uh, so, Alison is your mystery lady from Monday night, isn't she? Is she is a mystery lady from Monday night, who I now work... I, I had to delve into my archives yesterday uh, and work out who she is. And yes, she won, she won the ladies' trophy in the ladies' race in 2002 and 2003, um, and she's now um, back running... Um, and uh, she's leading the, the ladies' race. Excellent. So, yeah. 100 plus ag again, you must again. be you must be so pleased. I know it means a lot more work, but you must be so pleased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm relieved and pleased. <laughs> um, yes. Tomorrow uh, night... As long as, as long as they go safely and people enjoy themselves, I couldn't ask for more. Yeah, that's, what, that's what matters. Tomorrow night, the, uh, the road show descends on, on Farndon and the River on Trent. Farndon tomorrow night, yes. Um, so we're down there tomorrow uh, uh, for a quarter past seven start, and then we're um, we're back here at Slow Serve on Friday. Yeah. There you are, Rob. You got a fanfare. Fanfare. I'm unused to those. <laughs> I don't know why that happened, but you you got a fanfare. Somebody likes you. Oh. Well, somebody does. Yeah, if they could, if we could have answers on a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> um, before the fanfare or during the fanfare, it's flow save on Friday for the ten k. It's five k Monday to Thursday, and then the big one on Friday. The big one, yeah, ten k. So we're half distance now. We've done fifteen k, and there's fifteen k to go. As I reminded people today. Um, so yeah, we're halfway there. But yeah, the big eat on Friday, a ten k, taking in the um, uh, 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 the bright lights of Cotton. Excellent. So uh, hopefully uh, the weather's going to behave itself, and uh, I think well, we're going to. I think tonight. we're going to be all right. Yes, it's glorious it's tonight. Not yeah. not too warm, not too cold, and a lovely night for running. Lovely night, yeah.
Rob yeah, Fa- and again, there's a there's a sea of yellow and a sea of orange. I know, I, and that's what I I just oh, love it. And there's a lovely picture on social media of the Newark Athletic Club gang from last night as well. Is there? Oh, both of them? No, no, there's a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's I, a. You mean there's more than there are fans for Sunderland? One, two, three, four. Five. <laughs> okay, right. Two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and on that note <laughs> on that note yes no, that shall no I, doubt I, be in trouble again yes I, right. I've got lots of friends in Sunderland so you be very careful what you say you just keep the doors locked when you go there no 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 we've got a factory in Sunderland a company I work for it employs 400 people and uh, most of them are Sunderland fans so yeah be careful I, I have to just keep driving and get north of the river before I feel safe Oh, well, well, there we are. It's a different tribe altogether up there. <laughs> Most certainly it is. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Rob, thank you so thank much. You, Lovely to speak to you. And we'll catch up with you again, I think, um, tomorrow night from Farndon. Tomorrow? Oh, do they have mobile phones in Farndon? I think you'll be struggling. Right? It may be a quick one right at about 5-2, but I'll, I'll right. make sure it's fitted in somehow. That's OK. I'll try and get a joke for you. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. The wonderful Mr. Rob Orgel, who I didn't know had got associations with Sunderland. <laughs> Poor man. <laughs> the Africans' Champion League final was abandoned due to a riot over VAR. Um, this is going to be interesting. Play was halted for half an hour after um, Casablanca refused to play when VAR was unavailable to judge a disallowed equaliser. VAR had been set up on the side of the pitch, but the players had not been told it was not working, even though the officials were aware. The referee then <laughs> awarded a victory to the three times champions, Esperance. The Tunisian side were leading 1 0 in Saturday's final, which was played over two legs. VAR was used in the first leg, but in the second leg, Casablanca had a goal disallowed for an inch. Um, um, for an infringement um, their players protested to the Gambian referee demanding that VAR be used and um, then the Confederation of African Football um, their president had to come down and spend 30 minutes explaining the fact that it was there but uh, it was broke and nobody knew how to mend <laughs> it the 60,000 spectators in the stadium waited for an update for 95 minutes before the referee awarded the home team a victory who actually retained the title <laughs> and you thought it was a farce over here well, that, that's that's a new record, isn't it? Isn't, isn't that the quickest uh, VAR's yeah, ever been uh, con- con- contemplated? To set it up and, it's, and it, it wasn't working. Yeah. It's, 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 um, it's, it's, it's still, you know... You're not a fan, are not you? Not for me. No, not in football. I, I don't think it works. I don't think I don't think the sport is designed for it. You, you're not a fan. Um, Bly Spartans have announced that uh, ex-Newcastle midfielder Lee Clark yeah. has been appointed. You see, now Bly Spartans announced in the middle of last year, Tony, that they was another club that, quite frankly, could not afford to continue on the level that they was on. Their budget for this season would have to be cut, or Bly Spartans could not continue. The manager, Alan Armstrong, has been poached, left, whichever word you want to use, by Darlington, O.R., probably two divisions lower but obviously they've got the pennies at the moment and up to five of the Blythe Spartan players have gone and everybody thought that was going to be the end of Blythe Spartans and then they've announced that Lee Clark, ex-Newcastle midfield player, has gone to join them with his contacts at Sunderland and Mortarpoint at Newcastle where they breed proper footballers (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) then He's got contacts into the big boys, hasn't he? It's a bit of a Sutherland panning night, isn't it? 
Yeah, but I mean, if, if they've got no money, how the hell do they... Do they I think do they they've got money, Clark? but they haven't got the money. Who, who tells me? Lee, Lee Clark apparently had offers, big offers, from professional clubs to go abroad. But like a lot of Geordies, he doesn't want to move away. Yeah. And having been there as regular as I do, I can understand why they won't want to move yeah, away. Yeah, because... Um, I really can. You know, we, 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 we've talked about Liverpool being a remarkable football club, a remarkable institution in football. And the North East, as you found out, with the way that they've looked after your daughter in, uh, in, in, in difficult times, they're remarkable people. And, 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 and you would, you know, sort of, you know, jump through hoops for them, wouldn't you? You would. And, yeah, and, I, 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 and, absolutely and, and would. if they're your own, why would you want to move away from your family? You know, exactly. Just, well, I hope you've all enjoyed our... Um, Look at some of the stories that didn't quite make yeah, the headlines. Hello, hello to Sunderland from us. <laughs> yeah, hello to Sunderland. We fell out with Sunderland tonight, but <laughs> that joins Derby, Mansfield, and Leeds. Leeds, you know, and many mountain cities that <laughs> well, keen on the whole of America. Um, <laughs> yeah, how the hell did Trump get over here? <laughs> that's, yeah, come, that, that's, yeah. that's a whole show in itself. Yeah, can't come anywhere near us. Um, uh. So anyway, tomorrow night, um, again, it's strictly Mick and Tony, but it's not anymore because on a first night we Gary, we're joined by Gary Edgington now who looks back at the last week's cricket and forward at the following week. So he knows so much more about it, what's going off than us two do, so we tend to leave it to, leave it to the man in, in the know. But we can torment him when he gets, the, when he gets his predictions wrong. Uh, we're going to catch up with, Gord, um, with Rob Orgill as well in day four of the Gordon Wellborn week and we're going to have a look at two or three of the stories that did make the headlines and we're going to play test Tony and I've got some good ones for him <laughs> this time just to make him struggle just a little bit more um talking of Geordies uh Radio Newt's got their own genial Geordie of course and the one and only Sir Douglas Hall is now going to entertain you royally for the next two hours bye bye we-